to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, presented by Sportsman's Warehouse, your fishing and outdoor store. This week's show is brought to you by Ranger Boats, still building legends one at a time. Now, here's your host, David Shong. Welcome back to another episode of the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, brought to you by Ranger Boats, powered by Mercury Marine and Shock to Life by Reliant Lithium Batteries. I am David Shong, and I'm joined by the one, the only, the ANC Insider himself, Mr. Kenneth Grover. And I know that we took a week off, just some solid chaos in our week here, but this show is for the week beginning January 30th. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff that did happen. I guess, you know, the whole fishing industry started, you know, to pick up and get things going, you know, things started to thaw, but we'll kind of dive into some of that, uh, throughout the show here. But, um, I know KG was a bit busy. I know he had a tournament to fish and we'll, we'll kind of dive into that in a bit here, but I know with me, um, Oh man, winter finally caught up. I know for me, like I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Cause I know I didn't get a chance to use my snowblower. I got it all going and everything. And then we finally got a really big snowstorm. I think for me, I got about eight inches over the, over the weekend. Um, so I finally got a chance to at least put my snowblower to use, which I'm not sure it's a good thing or a bad thing. But I think the good part of it is that at least hopefully our lakes won't be too low. Cause I know last year we didn't get as much snowfall so some of the lakes around my area were a tad bit lower than than usual but i know for me um besides the snow i know i i went to the sports gym one of my buddies uh that uh, deals with uh some of the jdm stuff out there uh they had a little uh small uh show at uh at one of the um what was it at one of the little tackle shops there. So I stopped by over the weekend, uh, just to support them and stuff like that. And then just check out some of the stuff that he bought in for, um, what was it, uh, for the upcoming season. I know that he's a, a Norris dealer. So we got, we got into talking about some of the, um, one of the special releases that, you know, I know everyone was talking all well, the last few years with Taku talking about his special, sauce or liquid um this wasn't a sauce but it's a scent uh made by one of taku's uh brands but we we were talking about that the scent that he's going to be bringing uh to yeah to market i guess here as well so i did look at some of that over this past weekend but i know kg you were a bit busy it looks like uh actually winning the line something i do i did quite envy but yeah how did your weekend go well it's you know uh, yes, I was able to wet the line, so that that's good. But I'm I'm really just kind of you know getting the cobwebs kicked yep. off, you know, trying to get the year started. But um, I'm not sure that I can fish. Well, I, I know I can't fish all of the Shushu Division BFL, but mm-hmm. uh, at least wanted to start with Smith Lake, um, and I, I really didn't have hardly any time to to prepare. I hadn't been on the lake in, in about two weeks, so yeah, um, I had a little bit of of old knowledge that I kind of had to um, build on. I knew it was going to be a day that I'll have to kind of start with something and kind of gradually try to figure it out as the day went on. And um, it just took me too long to make the adjustments. Uh, Caught some fish. um, Didn't catch enough. Didn't catch big enough. So yeah, uh, my good friend, Sean Button finished, uh, finished 10th and only had four fish. So um, I got to I got to give him props uh, for what he's done. He's uh, he kind of had a pattern of big fish and stuck with it, and uh, it paid off for him. Uh, he he had an opportunity to win the tournament. He had I know mm-hmm. he had at least one 
other good fish on that got off before it got in the boat. So, um, it, it's, it, it just, it kind of goes to show that when you're fishing tournaments and we say it all the time, it's, it's really about decisions. Mm-hmm. And, um, sometimes you have to, to make a decision to, uh, in order to give yourself a chance to win is you, you have to ignore a lot of things that, that, you know, will work mm-hmm. and go after something that, that, uh, increases your odds of catching the better quality fish, even though you might get fewer bites. So, um, you know, it, like every tournament uh, it is an opportunity to, to learn something. Um, it's kind of why I, why I went into that one. Um, okay. So, yeah, I, I only weighed in four, four spotted bass, didn't get any large mouth. Um, they weighed, I don't know, eight, eight, right, just under eight pounds, finished 79th, I think. So, yeah. Not not a good finish, but uh, got the year started. My my focus really is a Toyota series. That's that's what I'm primarily concerned about. So my focus now goes to uh, Gunnersville. So I know I know you you said that you use this event as a way to kind of knock some of the rust off and the cobwebs and such. Any anything? Everything was running fine. I'm assuming it was just like you know with the equipment, boat stuff like that. No, you know, Quip, equipment's good, man. Okay. Boat was running good. Yeah, I mean that Mercury 250 Pro XS, um, and I I don't remember who I was talking to. Someone I was talking to earlier in the week, it may have been one of our text conversations. But I tell you, man, the the outboards that we have out right now, Mm -hmm. without a doubt, in my opinion, are are the absolute best that we've ever had. Um, I mean, there's been some years, you know. All the manufacturers went through it when we were trying to get to the the direct fuel injected engines and things like that. A lot of issues. It was all the manufacturers. Man, I tell you what, right now, man, they're as reliable as as we've ever had uh, as far as an outboard engine. Um, that Mercury 250 Pro XS is unbelievable. Um, I, 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 as a tournament angler, you always, I guess, in the back of your mind, you're always thinking, okay, what. What can go wrong? What could go wrong? And it's, you know, in the past for me, it's been, well, it could be my batteries. Well, mm-hmm. since I've been running Reliant, that's that's not even, I don't even think twice about my batteries anymore. Yeah. It, it used to be, you know, um, you know, potential breakdown in an outboard or whatever. You know, how do you plan your day where if something happens, how... You know, do you do you have friends that are fishing in the same areas that you you got a way to bail yourself out of? I'll be honest with you, I, and really anything could happen at any moment. But I, those are things I don't think about anymore. I, I don't sure. hesitate making long runs. I, I don't second guess it anymore. I truly believe the equipment that is available today is the best equipment that we've that we've ever had. Now I'm assuming you're a very meticulous person, especially when it comes to preventative uh like upkeep and stuff like that so i know that because you know you never like you said you never know when a a a fluke situation may come up or something like that but in terms i'm assuming that that some of that reliability is also taken upon you know the angler or the 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 person the the boat owner as well am i correct with that yeah you certainly have to i mean you have to protect your gear especially uh more so now that parts can be kind of hard hard to get a hold of you know back you know years ago guys were known to run their stuff rough and They'd run through stump filled shallow areas and not worry about it because, you know, even if they did hit something with a lower unit, they could get a replacement pretty easy. 
mm-hmm. you really do have to think about that is a part of it you do have to think about now because you you can sometimes not get replacement parts as quickly as you need to. So, but, but I, man, I've always been that way. I, I, yeah. I sell my boats every year. So I, I take really good care of them. I don't abuse them. I, yep. I, I err on the side of caution. Uh, if I'm in an area that I'm not, I'm not familiar with or I'm unsure, I don't run it hard. I don't, you know, I, I'm like I said, I, I, I'm, I don't abuse my equipment because I want it to take care of me when I, when I really need it. Well, I know, like, uh, like you said, you know, uh, this event was a, it's kind of a tune up for you as you kind of focus on the Toyota series, but you know, the tournament season is already hot and heavy, kind of getting started with everything. And today's our guest for this particular episode is a winner on the MLF, uh, Toyota series side, which is uh, a Dakota eBear. I know Dakota as of this moment, uh, as we record this, uh, is already actually at his next event, but we'll definitely have a Dakota on to kind of shed some light on, um, on, on his win uh, on the uh, on Sam Rayburn there, but uh, but yeah, we'll take a quick break, um, and then with that, we'll bring in Dakota and find out how he did, uh, how his preparation, everything for that Sam Rayburn event went. So just uh, take a step back, uh, listen to these commercials, and we'll come right back. With so many exclusive designs and processes, no other boat is built like Ranger. It's a dramatic difference that consistently raises the bar of excellence while delivering more features, more performance, and the best value. The Ranger Fisherman Series. From bow to stern, this is results-based engineering at its best. Still building legends, one at a time. At Mercury, there are no limits to the lengths we'll go to make sure you have no limits either. Unlimited adrenaline. Unlimited fun. Unlimited weekend. Except maybe having to go home eventually. Introducing the all-new V8 Mercury Pro XS. Light, quick, efficient. Mercury, go boldly. Welcome back to this segment of the show brought to you by Straight King. Make sure you stock up on some of the new Chick Magnet Junior crankbaits, a smaller but perfect size for the colder conditions during this time of year. And speaking of Strike King, uh, joining us as the guest for this episode is the recent MLF Toyota Southwestern Series winner, catching 48 pounds and 10 ounces over two days of fishing, Mr. Dakota Eber. Uh, Dakota, uh, we're about a month into 2023, but I feel that you're still stuck in 2022. You know, you're basically continuing where you left off from last season um but i know that uh as we record this you're already on to your next event but uh, I, I do definitely want to take a look at your uh victory on sam rayburn uh, going into that tournament there you know uh the first day was canceled due to high winds but i'm pretty sure that you knew that it was already uh gonna be there's gonna be a significant amount of wind uh did you practice with the expectations of those winds possibly affecting your area yeah, you know, living there at Rayburn, you know, I've, I've got a lot of experience and time on the lake. So, you know, I knew that uh, second day of competition, I, I had a pretty good feeling that the first day was going to be canceled based off the forecast that they were predicting. And and so, it, you know, if they wouldn't have canceled it, I, you know, I had a backup plan for that. But okay. I was pretty confident they were going to cancel on the first day. The second day I knew it was going to be a little difficult to fish the areas um, that I was wanting to fish, but 
you know, when the wind's blowing like that, you know, it's it's kind of hard to fish anywhere on that place. And but it was coming out of a a, a direction that I felt like I could work with, and uh, it, it made it pretty inconvenient, but it was still possible, you know. And um, you know, it, it just it, it ended up working out. You know, I caught just enough, you know. But I had a pretty tough first day. I, I lost a couple. I had a couple opportunities to catch a couple big ones to go with the one seven pounder I had and, and I was pretty frustrated but very thankful to be able to bounce back on day two. So I know that you said that you made uh, you, you prepared in some way for the possible cancellation. Uh, did you think that having that day off did that? Because I know some guys in general having that day off can throw them off, or you know, after uh, whether whether it's you know that mentality that you're like that zone that you're trying to get in. But did that throw you off at all, or was it a good thing that they canceled day one? Like you said, I know that it might be, it might have made. Uh, staying on your spots harder, but did you feel that having that day off uh, in terms of your mental preparation, did that help you or was that a uh, a negative effect on you? You know, a couple of years ago, I probably would have, you know, it probably would have affected me in some way, you know, mentally or whatever, just because, you know, it's always, you know, when you find something that's kind of exciting and you're excited to get back to it, you know, having that extra day off, you're worried about those fish leaving, you're worried about those fish moving, but honestly, man, I you know I've, I've fished so many events in the last seven years that I've seen it all. We've had one day canceled, we've had two days canceled, we've had fog delays, we've had it all, you know. And 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 um, you know, with that comes experience and learning how to deal with those things. And you know, fishing that many events is starting to kind of pay off from a mental standpoint of just you know being able to roll with the flow and and, and adjust on the fly. And um, you know, if anything, that day off at Rayburn and even the wind blowing on the second day, too, you know, the, the lake receives a lot of pressure, you know, and it's a great fishery, and it has a lot of tournaments on it. And, and so whenever it blows like that, it moves some fish around, but it gives the lake a break a little bit, too, you know, because that's about the only time that that lake doesn't get pounded when it's blowing. Okay. So you mentioned day one, you know, you, you had a decent finish. I mean, you were six, but uh, I know you had 16 pounds, six ounces, uh, but you were seven pounds behind first place. Did that, being that far back, did you feel you were out of it? Uh, or did you feel that, you know, again, it's Sam Rayburn, that it was something that, you know, it was still a doable gap for you to make up? No, honestly, I didn't feel like I was out of it at all. I mean, you know, I knew that there were going to be some big bags caught you know, by the end of that event, and 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 I was gonna have to catch one of them, you know, to to win. And I knew if I did, I'd have a chance. And um, you know, they even they caught them, you know, really good the second day. I, there were several bags that were 25 pounds, and it the lake really showed out. You know, that it was it was calm. Guys were able to get around and move around and and fish in different areas that that hadn't been fished in the last few days because of the wind. And, and that, that really, you know, like I said, set things up for, for quite the shootout there on that second day. But I didn't think I was out of it by any means because I knew that, you know, even on the first day I had an opportunity to have, you know, a mid-20s bag. Okay. And and knowing that if things went right, you know, I, you know, I could have a little bit better day, I could have a lot more than mid-20s. And, and, you know, it, it ended up working out, you know. And it, it doesn't always work out that way, honestly, and I'm very thankful that it did. But just knowing that, you know, it was going to take a lot of weight to win that event. I knew that going into it. 
Um, I, I had found several different groups of, of really big uh, females. And, and if I found, you know, three or four groups of them, then I knew other guys did too. So I, I knew that the lake hadn't quite shown out yet, and it, it sure did on the second day of competition. So with day one, I mean, you mentioned you had, you had the potential of like of a mid twenties bag. Was it, was the fishing on that day for you? Uh, was it, were you getting a good, a good amount of bites and good, decent quality, or was it a, a, a tougher bite coming off that day of that, of the high winds day and that cancellation? You know, I caught a few, I caught quite a few fish, but um, the quality, you know, I had probably, I had really, I had, a bunch of small ones, you know, and then I caught one about seven, and that really saved the day for me. But I had another really, really big one on a crankbait that I, that come off. She actually broke me off. She got wrapped up in some stuff and 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 uh, broke off. And I never got to see her, but I know she was really big. And then I lost another really big one on an A rig. Okay. And you know, I'm assuming that fish was you know five plus at least. I mean, you know, so. You, you throw those in the equation, and it, it, it was a pretty good. So I had the opportunities. It was encouraging to me, right? Okay. Just knowing that, hey, look, if I go do if I go do things right tomorrow, I could have a lot better day, and and we'll see where we end up. You know, I mean, every day I go out there and do the best that I can, and we all do, right? I mean, that's what everybody does. When they, I mean, there's nobody that puts their boat in the water on tournament morning and says, well, I'm just gonna lay off of this one, right? But. <laughs> But, you know, sometimes it all just comes together. And, uh, you know, it, it did for me that day. And and I was very thankful. Hey, Dakota, this is Kenneth. Uh, you know, a place like Sam Rayburn, where you know that there's potential of, of having really big bags, d- does that affect the way you prepare for a tournament? I mean, as far as, as um, you know, the, the type baits that you're going to use, the type of areas you're going to fish, or is it a, is it a case of you're not necessarily looking just for bites? You got to really target the right kind of fish to do well. Absolutely, it really does. And you know, Rayburn is is um is one of those places that you know if you look at my finishes at Rayburn, I've got some good finishes at Rayburn, and I've got a, some of my worst finishes at Rayburn. And and that's because of that factor right there, knowing that, you know, there's always that potential, especially when we're the, usually there in tournaments early in the year. Um, you know, that's that's when they have those potentials for those giant bags. And I've always dreamed of, of, of being able to catch those, you know, a bag of fish like that and do it consistently. And, you know, I, I, you always heard of Danny Isles and, and uh, Todd Castan, Jason Bonds, you know, uh, Albert Collins, Clayton Bulwer, all those guys have been known for catching giant bags of fish. There's several more as well. You know, the, and I've always looked at that like, man, I want to do that so bad. So I've really worked hard over the last several years to learn how to do that. And at times it's made it very difficult to, I mean, at times I've, I've bonded events. You know, I think one of my worst finishes on tour is at Rayburn. Um, and it's mainly because I, whenever I, I, I put my boat in the water there, I'm not fishing for 12 pounds. I'm not fishing for 15 pounds. Or, or you know, I'm looking for the right ones. And, and if I, you know, if I'm going to spend my time out there, that's what I'm looking for. And really, if you track any of those guys like Derek Mundy and some of the other guys that have been 
known for catching really big bags in the last couple of years. I mean, Derek had 40 one day in a BFL, you know, and he's had 30-plus in several other events. Danny Owl, same way. He just weighed 41 pounds the day after our tournament in a local tournament. Um, it was an outlaw outdoors event. He weighed in 41. It was a team event. But, you know, if you look at any of those guys' track records, they a lot of times they either smash them or they really struggle. They'll either have 30 or they'll have 10 pounds. And that's the fine line that you're you're dealing with there when you're trying to catch, you know, that kind of weight. Because finding the right areas is like trying to find a needle in a haystack. And about 75% of the time, the needle's not even in the haystack. That That's what you're up against when you're trying to find a group of pre-spawn females like that that are in the right place at the right time and you connect with them. Yeah, you know, the other side of that is you could, you could actually go for a very long time during the day without any bites. And and all of a sudden, yeah. you know, you, you hit the right spot at the right time and it, it can happen really right. quick. So it kind of lends yeah. more to sticking with it, you know, throughout the day. Most of the big bags that I've caught on Rayburn have happened in, you know, within an hour. Sometimes less. Right. Um, you know, and I would say that it happens a lot. The exception that's like whenever guys are fishing brush piles in the summer and stuff, you know, post spawn, you'll catch a six pounder here and you'll catch a six pounder there. You know, that's a little bit different, you know. Right. But yep. um, for the most part, you know, a lot of times when guys catch them big, they catch them big and quick. I think Danny and them weighed in at ten o'clock on on Saturday after the one where they had forty one. Wow. Uh, I'm, I was told that they weighed in at ten o'clock. You know, so it just shows that. And when it happened, I mean, you can't fit much more than 40 pounds in a live well, so they went ahead and weighed in. Don't blame them. And props to them for taking care of those fish, you know. You right. can see from the picture they were very healthy. Uh, they didn't have to wait all day to do that. But it usually happens pretty quick, you know. And there's obviously plenty of exceptions to that. But whenever you're in the right place at the right time, you better have your shoes tied because it's fixing to go down. Yep. Quickly. All right, it kind of leads me into this. You know, you talked about how you you because of the amount of tournaments that you fished to this point in your career, you're, you're getting more comfortable with you know with what you're doing and how you're doing. And I'm, I'm guessing you really kind of have your game plan of how you practice sort of dialed in. So it doesn't really matter where you're going. You're, you're kind of consistent on how you're going to handle you know those days leading up to the tournament and try to get through the tournament. But by winning this Toyota. Uh, series tournament you've already qualified for the championship the year in championship so we know you're now at the southern division uh tournament D does this change the way that you're now looking at the future toyota series tournaments and how you prepare since it's not a points deal for you really now because you've already made the championship i i would say that to some extent i, I think it's going to have a positive effect on those on that um not going to get crazy with it or crazy with it with anything and, and you know what i've been doing for the last couple of years i've been working really hard to develop a system that works for me i mean you know you look at anybody that's really good and they, they have their own little thing that they do their own way you know i mean you look at thrift or kevin or you know any of those guys they have their own system you know and and you can't you know I, i've learned you know that you've got to kind of do your own thing and figure out what works best for you and that's kind of what I've learned to do over the last couple of years. And I'm still refining that, obviously, every day. I mean, I hope I got a little bit better today, you know. And 
and I hopefully I can continue that, and it keeps getting better and better. But you know, I'm not gonna change anything drastic. I think if anything, it just it, it's gonna, you know, it finally. I mean, I, I don't. It sounds kind of bad, but it's like I, I finally did it right, so I didn't prove it to myself. Like I knew I could do it, but I, I really proved it to myself that I can win. You know. And there's not some kind of curse against me because I was so close so many times. But, you know, I take things day by day. You know, like that tournament at Rayburn, you know, I fished new water, stuff that I really actually had never fished before. I fished those areas. But as far as key little spots within those areas, where I caught my fish at this week or last week um, was all new stuff. And, and I really, like, I didn't upload a single waypoint into my graph previous years or anything you know i really don't get to spend that much time on rayburn anymore uh because of how i got travel but i didn't wait i didn't upload any previous waypoints or anything just went in with a fresh clean slate and i kind of take that approach to all these lakes that i go to like i just go into them with an open mind and you know and just go with it i feel like it gives you a lot more fresh current idea of what's going on rather than fishing off the history and so, you know, having that win now, I can kind of, it does, it, it takes a huge weight off my chest, but at the same time, I want to win again. And, you know, and I want to get better and continue to get better. So I'm not going to change really my work ethic or anything like that, you know? But you, you will not have to worry about trying to, you know, maybe you're struggling a little bit, maybe backing off, uh, you know, may, maybe pulling out the spinning rod a little more often, <laughs> something like that. Try try to fill out a limit. You can kind of keep the hammer down. Well, I quit doing that a long time ago. Well, I know that a long time ago, but I quit doing that a couple of years ago, honestly. And my success increased drastically because I learned early on in this, you know, whenever I first started, I was – financially in a bind. Uh, nowhere in shape or form could I really afford to do what I was doing. But I was going to give it all I got and take a chance. And I did. I remember being at events thinking, man, I don't know if I got enough gas to get to that end of the lake and back for three days. You know, and I, or, or worrying about tackle or worrying about money. So I was really in a in a bind financially for a, for a couple of years. And, and did the best I could to get by, and it all worked out. But with that being said, like, I thought about, you know, I was one of those guys, man, what's it going to take to get a check? What's it going to take to get a check? And, you know, I learned that if you you know in your mind that 12 pounds a day is going to get a check, and that's what you're shooting for, you're never going to get close to winning. You know, if you're, if you, if you're trying to catch 12 pounds a day, you're probably going to catch 11. And you're going to barely miss a check anyways. But if you know, like uh, what I have in my head at every event is what's it going to take to make the top 10? What's it going to take for me to get in contention to even have a chance of winning? I need to be on there on the last day. What's the top 10 weight going to be? And that's the only way that I think about. Um, and, and then whenever you shoot for that weight, like if I know it's going to take 20 a day to make it, right? And that's the weight that's in my head. That's the pattern I'm looking for. That's the quality of fish that I'm looking for. When I miss that weight, if I do, which it happens, obviously, right. when I miss that weight, though, at least I, I'm probably a lot better off and I'm probably well within check range. Right. Because you're in the right mental state. Like, you're not thinking about being 
don't know. Just if you're thinking about check range, like you, you're you're nowhere near in the right mindset to win. And I and I, I feel kind of rude sometimes because guy and I really because it kind of catches me off guard. But at every event, somebody comes up to me, "What's it going to take to get a check?" And I'm like, "Hell, I ain't got a clue. Like I ain't even thought about that." And I and I, right. and, I and everybody always looks at me like I'm crazy, like. Oh, I wish you just made a money. And, and it's like, that's not the case at all. Nowhere near the case. But it's just trying to have that win. I've just been trying to develop a winning mentality, right? And, you know, it's, it's still being refined every day. But I learned really quickly that if you're fishing conservatively and you're trying to just barely scrape by, you're going to get your teeth kicked in. Well, you know, just for preparing for the tournament through through your practice time, you know, those two philosophies could be drastically different patterns, you know, and how you start your day Absolutely. in the tournament. Absolutely. You know, I noticed that. So I, I'll say this, like it already, it already kind of made, it's already, you know, I said it wasn't going to affect me that much, but I'll say this, like today I'm at Harris Chain, first one on the Toyota series, I'm boat 195 out of 260 i run to the lake that i decide to fish i've got four or five schools of offshore fish that i know have the potential to you know if i pull up there at the right place right time i could catch some big ones these fish always live offshore in florida there's always fish offshore and i've kind of learned to lean on that and it's allowed me to kind of somewhat be consistent down here but um you know i was thinking all right well it's warming up uh, the the moon's coming, the weather's getting right. There should be some fish spawning. You know, they should be moving up, and they are somewhere. But I thought, like, if I probably wouldn't have won at Rayburn, I'd have went straight to my offshore stuff because I knew I could go out there and catch a limit very quickly, and I knew I could start building a bag or like building my weight up. But this morning I went straight to some canals and started like fishing for spawners, and that's probably something I wouldn't have done. Honestly, I caught myself today. I was like, that was kind of a bold move because, like, I could go in those canals and not even get a bite, you know? But I went in those canals and I started fishing around, like, you know, kind of kind of swinging for it, you know? Like, oh, well, I'm either going to find some big, you know, females that have moved up in here or I'm going to struggle for a little while. And I was okay struggling for a little while. You know, like, I was comfortable with knowing that I might not get a lot of bites, but if I do get one, it might be one of the right ones. And you know, it all worked out kind of like I went through that canal. Didn't seem like any fresh fish had moved up in there. I caught a couple small buck bass, and then I went out shore, went out deep. You know, fished offshore, caught fourteen and a half pounds, and you know, I'm in fortieth place or something. So only two pounds out of the cut. So it ended up working out all right. But I did kind of catch myself being a little bit more aggressive, and I and I like that. Like I like that I was able to have that confidence in myself to go do that. And it still all kind of worked out, right? So, because I think you have to make those kind of moves to put yourself in contention to win. Well, you know, when you get to that level, you're competing against a lot of guys that are really good, and it really is all about decision making. I mean, there's there's so it, many guys that could win those tournaments. It's the guys that make the right decisions during those, you know, three or four days. It, it's making those decisions between takeoff and check-in. Because, I mean, there are guys, there, out of 260 guys, there's 
I don't know how many of them that like had great practices and, and like, man, like feeling good about it and sleep at night, but then they get out there and they struggle, you know, during the tournaments because they, they get so locked in on, dang, man, I caught a six pounder over here flipping these reeds. And then I caught a, you know, I, I had another couple of bites that stretch, like they're here, they're here, you know, like, and they'll go, cause I used to be that guy. Like I've been that guy, you know, and I'll, st- I'll be that guy again somewhere down the road might be tomorrow. You know, but it's so easy to get like caught up in the past and like, I mean, it, it, you know, if you go down through some docks and you catch a 10 pounder in practice, there ain't no way you're not going to go back down through them docks. That might've been the only bite you got might've been the only fish on them docks, but you go and fishing in practice or in the tournament. I mean, it's human nature, right? right. So yeah. I've just, I've just kind of like taught myself to practice differently in a sense that I don't put a lot of weight into practice. I don't put a lot of weight into how many bites I get or how much weight I had or, or anything like that. I just want to get familiar with the lake. I want to get comfortable with the lake, get an idea of current conditions, maybe an area that I feel confident in and just roll with it. And that's, that's what I did at Rayburn last week. And it worked out, you know, ended up winning. And, And that's what I've done this week so far in this tournament. Um, and you know I'm I'm sitting middle of the pack right now I guess as far as I, I'm not actually I'm not middle of the pack I'm in the upper third of the pack at well within check range and I'm well within reach of the cut if I just have a little bit better day tomorrow mm-hmm. and you know it may happen it may not but you know it's all about like you said decision making and if you're not setting yourself up to have those opportunities you're never going to get them right so that's that's the whole idea behind it. What is it here? So, the looking at this win, you know, on the on, on Rayburn, how much did that mean to you? Because I guess I, unless my stats on, on the MLF side are wrong, it's your first big win, uh, let alone it, uh, on it with it being on your home lake. But yeah, how what did this win mean to you? And did it, did it do a lot more towards building your confidence, or did it just more reiterate things for you? Man, you know, it meant it means the world to me, honestly. And it, and and then I got to do it there at Rayburn. You know, Rayburn has taught me so much. You know, whenever I graduated from college in 2017, I moved to Rayburn. Uh, I actually moved to Rayburn the, right before I graduated. I took my last semester of classes online. I moved to Rayburn because I wanted to fish for a living. There's BFLs there between there and Toledo. That's where all the Cowboy Division BFLs are. You know, there was, there's always Toyota series events there. We had a couple of college events that year, but I, there, so I moved there with the goal in mind of becoming a professional angler. And I had no idea how I was going to accomplish it, but I just had a lot of want to. And, you know, for me to get my first, you know, high level win there, you know, really is special, especially in front of my, my, family and friends. My my mom, my mom was there. My dad was there. You know, my girlfriend was there. Uh, a lot of my close family friends were there. So it was just an awesome uh, opportunity to, to do that right there at home because I won't see none of them probably for another nine months. <laughs> uh, I'll be on the road for the most part until August. So, you know, I think my, my mother is going to come to Redcrest and stuff, but I'll only see them. You know, I only get to see my family and friends, but maybe a couple of times a year, you know, but, but like throughout the year until I get home in the, in the off season. So for me to get that win there with that community and stuff there, you know, was really awesome. 
like I mentioned at the beginning, I, like I said, it seems like you're still stuck in 2022 because like I said, it seems like you're just on this, you know, trajectory, uh, you know, and it's going pretty, pretty steep and going high at the moment, but looking, you know, you got the Toyota series that you're currently participating, but you also got the uh, upcoming BPT season, but how do you feel um, going into the rest of 2023, whether it's the BPT or uh, the rest of the Toyota series that's, uh, that's on your schedule? Well, I'm actually, so I'm also fishing the Major League Fishing Invitationals as well. So, oh, wow. So you got a really good schedule. Yeah. You know, that's kind of been my schedule for the last several years. I've, I've fished as many tournaments as I can from January through August or September. So, but, so it's nothing new, but yeah, I'll leave straight from here and go straight to Okeechobee, which is going to be a huge challenge for me. You know, so looking forward into 23, you know, man, I, I feel great. Um, you know, I feel like I'm making good decisions and stuff, but look, you know, I'm very conscious of the fact that fishing can humble you very quickly. Mm -hmm. And so I just stay humble and I don't let myself get too high because I know, I know we can come with that. Um, and that's dangerous territory and, and that's not really who I am. So, you know, I'm just enjoying it. Uh, you know, I'm very thankful that I get to do this for a living and I'm loving every minute of it. And I'm just taking it day by day, like I said, and, and just enjoying the ride. Uh, I'm trying to get better every day and hopefully I can continue to do that. And if I continue to do that, I think things will continue to fall back or continue to fall into place and we can have some more success. But, you know, I mean, as far as worrying too much about, you know, I'm just taking it event by event. So I'm mm -hmm. here at Harris chain, uh, tomorrow. The only thing I'm thinking about right now, uh, um, is, you know, tomorrow and doing the best I can tomorrow and to get a little bit better. You know, I may not go out there and catch a giant bag tomorrow, but I'm going to go have the best day that I can possibly have and try to make good decisions throughout that day. And even if I don't catch 20 pounds tomorrow, I move into the top 10, I can still have a productive day and get better. As long as I make good decisions and feel like I was efficient, efficient and effective with my time and those decision-making skills like that I'm going to use tomorrow, then I feel like I'll have a good day. Um, and that's kind of the, my approach that I take to every event every day. And, uh, I'm very excited for the rest of the season. We've had some great lakes that are coming up. I'm really excited about fishing red crest at Norman. Really, there isn't a bad lake on the schedule. You know, next week at Okeechobee is an invitational event. Um, you know, I'm not fishing that event for points or anything. I'm fishing that event for experience mm -hmm. and to get better in Florida and, and spawning fish in Florida have been probably one of the toughest things that I have to do, you know, as far as traveling around and stuff. That's probably my, my weakest link in, in my, you know, my game. So I'm going to try to get better at that next week in, at, at Okeechobee, get better flipping and, and reading those fish coming and going because they move so quickly. They'll just leave you behind. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, and then, and then we're leading in the Toho there and, and I'm really you know, looking forward to that as well. It's going to be a great event. It's going to be some huge bass caught. Um, so it, it's going to be good, man. And I'm, I'm really excited for it. Well, I definitely appreciate you again, uh, taking your time out. I, I don't mean to wrap this up, but I know like, as, as you mentioned throughout this interview, you're in the middle of, a, of an event here. And like I said, I definitely really appreciate you just taking a little bit of time out this busy, hectic schedule and, and being in the middle of an event to, uh, share your, um, 
experience on Rayburn and the uh, Harris chain here with us. And uh, hopefully, like I said, I, I feel that, you know, it, it seems like uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you're a person who believes in momentum and stuff like that, but uh, like I said, it seems like you're just red hot lately. So definitely really looking forward to how you do tomorrow if, uh, and how you move up that ladder board. And I accept, thank you for uh, joining us on this, uh, on the English Channel Insider podcast and definitely uh, good luck tomorrow and safe travels throughout the rest of this year. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's good talking to y'all. All right. All right. You take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right. There you have it. Uh, winner of the Toyota Southwestern event on Sam Rayburn. And, you know, he's, I think, in 45th as me and KG recorded this on the Harris chain, right? I, I'm, not, I'm sure if I'm yes. responsible. Yeah, Harris chain. So, um, so he, like he said, he's still within, uh, you know, he he's still within uh contention of making especially if he makes that uh that day two or day three cut you know um of being able to have a really good finish or if not even being contention for the win especially with how unpredictable um those bass around this time of year in florida i guess any time of the year in florida but uh but yeah what did you think about that kg no i mean it's a good interview it's it's you know it's really good to see a guy who's who's pays his, paid his dues. I mean, yep. this guy's fished a lot of tournaments the last several years, especially that's man, that's tough mentally. It's tough financially. You know, you yep. talked a little bit about that, you know, early yep. on, it was tough on financially. It's good to see a guy like that, you know, start the year off with a good, a, a good payday, the Toyota series, you win it. He got, he got the Phoenix boats bonus money. So yep. like $80,500 is what he got out of that one, man. That's, that's got to go a long way in getting this season started. Um, I mean, he talked about the schedule he's fishing all the tournaments. So yeah. having, having that sitting in the bank account to, to start the years, man has to help him tremendously on the mental side of this. Yeah. I, I know we always talk about, you know, time on the water being a very big thing about how to really be a, a you know, not just a good angler, but also to help you be more successful as especially if you're trying to chase this uh dream of, of being a professional angler but like like you said you know like a lot of it is that mental side of it and, and i'm pretty sure that you know um how he finished off his 2022 season and just picking right back up with a win on uh at, at his first i'm assuming it's his first event for 2023 if not it's his first mlf event for 2023 and um using that to kind of just whether it's reinforcing the confidence and believing in yourself and that you're making just right decisions and stuff like that um but yeah i mean uh he, like you said he's put in his dues but uh it seems like things are just clicking for him at the moment and he's just like he's skyrocketing up uh, skyrocketing up at the moment yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how how the year finishes out for him. Yeah, like yeah, especially like yeah, I, I don't know, I I didn't really pay attention to his entire schedule last year, but like just looking at, um, yeah, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if he had as busy or as hectic of a 2022 schedule, but if he's fishing at least two divisions of the Toyotas and Invitationals with the bbt that's a pretty hectic schedule but uh, as we've seen in the past, especially if you're looking from the bass side, where guys were they fished the Elite Series and a good amount if not all the opens that they can get their feet wet in sometimes that helps with kind of keeping your mental side 
you know, that, that the whole being connected with that whole fishing. I mean, I don't know if that's true, but for some guys, they believe that. So um, I think that, you know, with him being in so many different events, because it seems like he's going to be stuck in Florida for quite a while, for a few more weeks still. So, uh, but I'm pretty sure that's going to just, uh, all the experience uh, fishing all these different events will just add more to um, whether it's his mental side or just being a better angler in general. But yeah. You know, that really depends if it's going good or going bad. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's Florida. So I think regardless, you know, even if it's bad, I'm pretty sure that you're, you're always trying to find a way to hopefully figure out that, that, that you know, magic, that whatever it is, that little little piece that piece of the puzzle that hopefully helps you to unlock it. But as we've seen with, even if you live in Florida, does it mean that you're going to, you're guaranteed to do well in Florida anyways, regardless of the time of year. So, yeah. Right. All right. Well, with that, we'll go back to another set of commercials and we'll return with the final segment of the show. Whether day or night, I love to tie one on. Every day of the week, I like to tie one on. I don't care who's looking, I always tie one on. Every time I go on the water, I love to tie one on. You may not know this about me, but every once in a while, I've been known to tie one on. Come on, man. Join the Stray King team. All you got to do, tie one on. <laughs> I think I always tie one on. From dawn to midday to dusk, the sun's rays dance across the water and the sparkling light beckons. The abundant shorelines invite you to play or sail or simply behold. This is where champions fish and families gather to unwind. It's Lake Hartwell and Anderson is the gateway to its wonders. Walk on a pier, float all day, and restore your soul in this beautiful oasis. Visit Anderson, South Carolina's bright spot. Discover more at visitanderson.com and visitlakehartwell.com. Welcome to the final segment of the show brought to you by Trickstep. Now, if you don't have a Trickstep already and you're getting in the boat the old-fashioned way like I do, uh, make sure you visit Trickstep. Uh, trickstep.com to help you look good while getting in while getting into and out of your boat. Uh, they make them for. Uh, you know, pretty much any boat, if they don't have one, let them know what your dimensions are, your boat and everything, and they'll make one that fits your boat. Doesn't matter if it's a bass boat, uh, you know, a pontoon, whatever, they'll make it for your boat. So visit trickstep.com. Um, what is it here? Just a few events I always want to cover. Uh, you know, uh, again, we always have results on our uh, EnglishChannel.com page. Um, but just want to go over a few events that happened this past weekend. Uh, first one up is the ABA Open Series D7 Florida South event that took place here. And it was on Lake Okeechobee. And winning that event was, let's see here. I'm, I'm, I know I'm missing the name here now. Uh no, I have it, and I, yeah, I'm sorry, Anthony Silati, Silati, and I, pro I promise you, I'm trying my best to pronounce your name accurately here, but he caught 28 pounds, 28.7, I'm sorry, 2817 pounds to win that event there with the five, I mean, again, that's a five fish average, but just a little bit under 30 pounds to take the win on Lake Okeechobee. Next up was the... Bassmaster Strike King College Series, also in Florida, on the Harris Chain. And winning that event from Blue Mountain College was a team of Blake Bullock and Chick, I mean, sorry, John Berry. They caught a total of 10 fish over two days of fishing for 46 pounds and 11 ounces. Mm -hmm. 
And the final event that I'm going to cover this week is the uh, BFL event on Lake Kiwi. Again, those that's a one-day event. Again, first event of the year. Uh, but winning that event with 18 pounds even uh, was Emil Wagner. Uh, but definitely, if you've got events that you want to uh, have us share results for or 2023 schedules, I promise you, I'm trying to knock them out slowly, but surely my carpal tunnel is starting to get a little bit better. But uh, make sure you shoot that over to me at dshong at anglerschannel.com, D-X-I-O-N-G at anglerschannel.com. And I'll make sure I get those results and uh tournament schedules up uh, posted to our website so I can share it with their, uh, everybody that checks in our website. Um, but on after with that, uh, the last part here is our news and notes section. And, and like I said, at the beginning of the show, a lot of stuff has started to happen, especially during the week that we took off there. But, uh, first up is the Bass Nation schedule that got posted. Um, uh, and they have five separate, uh, I guess divisions or regionals, I guess they call them. Um, what was it here? The central regional is May 3rd thir- uh, to the 5th on the Arkansas River. The southeast regional is on Douglas Lake from May 24th to the 26th. Mm-hmm. The northeast regional is June 7th through the 9th on the Potomac River. The northern regional heads up towards my neck of the woods on Lake Winnebago for uh, Lake Winnebago June 28th through the 30th. And the only one that there's no uh, location or venue selected or announced so far is the Western Regional, but the dates are September 13th to the 15th. Um, and I don't think they share the championship yet either, but that is the schedule for the best, uh, best master nation series. The, the only thing that stood out to me on that schedule is I, I'm guessing that Douglas Lake would have to be like the farthest farthest north they could possibly go for a southeast division. Well, I guess the other part of the you know, t- Tennessee is part of the SEC, right? So technically. <laughs> but, but like Douglas Lake is like the far northeast corner of, te- of Tennessee just about. So. so- <laughs> just skating in just uh just just by a technicality yeah yeah i guess it is because because yeah, as you kind of i'm trying to think of how the river flows because it's i don't know if it's douglas what douglas is up uh around knoxville yeah it's, it's just uh, just above north knoxville. Of, north of knoxville yeah i know it's just right right above knoxville area so um but yeah, I don't know, we'll see. I, I that you know, I, I what is it? I, I don't know how they go in selecting some of these venues, but um what is it here? But uh Douglas, I believe, is is it a pretty you know, not hard, but out of the 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 lakes in that Tennessee eastern Tennessee area, I mean I'm assuming it's one of the more difficult, or is it am I wrong with that? Because like I said uh, I guess difficult would be would depend on the angler. Okay. What you're familiar with. It's it's a deep clear reservoir. They lower it a lot in the wintertime. So it's got drastic, you know, water level changes. Yeah. A lot, a lot of a lot of deep and offshore stuff. Um so it yeah, it can be kind of a tricky fishery. It has some unique things about it. Just say that. So it'll have it'll you, require guys to do their homework. Have you fished it much throughout your various times uh you know traveling in the past at all? I fished it once a long time ago. Okay. Um, it was either it was the late nineties or early two thousands. It may have been like two thousand one, two thousand two. Okay, when I was there. So I'm assuming, like like any other lake nowadays, it's probably 
night and day difference from today than it was back when you uh, visited the last time. Yeah, there's well, there's a lot more knowledge now. It's a lot easier. I mean, heck, it's a lot easier to get information on lakes now that we didn't have back then. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I went to that lake completely cold. I didn't talk to anybody beforehand. I went and tried to figure it out all on my own. Yeah. Uh, the things that I know about that lake now are completely different than what what I assumed in my short short period of time there. Yeah. But I mean, that's just, that's just things have changed, you know, thanks to the internet and, and all that stuff. I mean, it's yeah. technology flows. Yeah. Information flows so much quicker and easier. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely technology besides just the internet, but even like, you know, the, the hot, the, the latest in sonar technology. Yeah. Know, was it? Yeah. Three, oh, that's, yeah. That's definitely a lake that forward facing sonar would, would be beneficial for. Okay. Let's see here. Next one. I know this was a, so, Again, this happened, I think, shortly, yeah, some sometime during when we were gone, but um, what was it? So one uh, part part one of this next news is uh during during this time, Brandon Polinick announced that he was no longer with the Normark underneath the Normark umbrella of brand. So that included uh Rapala, Storm, VMC. I think that was it that he was under the other brands that he was underneath there. He announced that I believe the Monday before this announcement, which was he, uh, him and Kenta Kimura, uh, signed on with Megabaz. So when I know when he announced the, um, what was it? The, uh, that, that he was leaving Rapala, my first thought was, Guggen. And it's not that, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad. It was just, I know that and you, again, you know, you think of a lot of, of the brands that some of these guys are affiliated in with a lot of these companies being under, you know, uh, some bigger corporation. A lot of times, uh, these companies want to bring them all underneath their umbrella. And I only thought Google because I, the only thing I could think of was, um, of his affiliation with Bass Mafia. And so that was like, maybe he's going Guggen and stuff like that. But uh, how surprised were you, though, of that announcement with Brandon joining or being picked up by Megabass? Well, after the fact, it didn't surprise me at all. Before, I didn't really think that direction. You know, Megabass is one of those companies that's kind of hard to get a read on. Yep. Um, You know, they typically have a very small group. You know, Chris Zaldane left not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously Aaron Martins was a big part of what they did. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of one of those companies. It's hard to uh, hard to judge what their next move is going to be. But you know, obviously after the fact and thinking about it and looking at, at their complete group and and what it's been in the past and kind of the direction it looks like it's going now, it it makes a lot of sense. I think I think BP would be a really good fit there. Uh, um, and I think it'll give him an opportunity to do some things that, um, that, that we, we feel that, that he's wanting to do long-term. Yeah. Um, Brandon is a very smart businessman and really looks yeah. long-term. You look at some of his other sponsorships and it's, it, it's, a, it's about, um, you know, creating long-term relationships and maybe yeah. being involved more of a business side of it, uh, than what some of the anglers are doing. So, like, what is it like? I'm not saying I'm the most knowledgeable guy. I definitely have a big passion for JDM. Not that I'm the most knowledgeable JDM person out there either, but like you said, I know that Mega Bass has always been um, a smaller. Uh, what was it? A smaller. They've always had a smaller team in general compared to a lot of the other brands that are out there. Obviously, a lot of the more Amer- the American brands that are out there, but. Um, 
you know, like last year, you know, was it last year? Yes. Starting with last season, um, you know, Zaldane leaving. Um, what was it? You know, you mentioned Aaron Martins. Uh, Edwin Evers at one time was uh, aligned with Mega Bass as well. But um, I know that this past weekend, like I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, I went to the uh, sport, the Schomburg Sports Show, which uh, Brandon happened to be at. So I kind of got to uh, talk to him about uh, a bit about uh, that relationship because uh, as I've seen um, with the what was it with how megabass has approached you know whether it's the 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 lures that they bring out a lot of it um comes from the japan side of it you know I, a couple of years ago they had um what they called their stw or support to win series which is more influenced by the their american uh, sponsored anglers so but then that was a quite a while ago about five six seven years ago um but when i talked to brandon because i was like hey you know I, I know that a lot of stuff that's being brought to market uh on the mega bass side tends to be straight up uh, from our, our designs from the japan side so knowing brandon know how much he likes to uh be a tinkerer like any in any uh you know detail fisherman but how he wants to contribute to the brands that he's part of how, how did that kind of fit in and he's and he told me that you know that was something that he brought up as well and that was something that that he was told that with mega bass that they were looking to expand so it looks like he'll have more say or there'll be more mega bass products in the future with um american if not brandon's influence into it so that was something that like i said that i did uh speak a bit with uh with brand about and like he said he did reassure me that that's something that uh it won't you know disappear with uh brand having influence or at least you know uh chipping uh you know chiming in uh into uh yeah, into the design and uh future products but uh but yeah with that too just to kind of wrap up that one there you know again brandon he's gonna be uh on, you know, with mega bats, it's hard baits, wire baits, jigs, and jig heads. While Kenta was going to be just soft plastics only. So I know he's still aligned with depths as a hard bait guy. So, but yeah, so that was a big, one of the big shockers over the time that we were gone. Um, let's see here. Other news and notes. Uh, Luke Clausen, he picked up Phoenix rods for this upcoming season or for at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, nominations for the cast for kids BASS or Bass Humanitarian Award. Uh, that is also up. Um, again, that for that based on the press release here. Um, let's see here. The well, honor one bass member who has demonstrated an extraordinary commitment to serving groups such as children with special needs, veterans, abuse survivors, or any people who need extra help and support. Uh, anyone that you know that uh, will fit that, um, you could go to bassmaster.com slash award and uh, complete the nomination form there. Uh, I don't know if this is going to happen with this year's not, but last year's winner, uh, where did I see the name here? Bill Wilson of Fort Collins, Colorado. He actually uh, got the, that humanitarian humanitarian award uh, honored at the 2022 Bassmaster Classic. So that possibly could be something that would happen. I don't know. Again, but it could be something that would be happening at Knoxville this year. But again, if you got someone that you want to nominate, Bassmaster.com slash award is where you can go to submit your nominations. Let's see here. Uh, Gil, 
uh, you know, was it uh, apparel? Uh, they sign up as a sponsor for the Toyota series, uh, and the BFLs. That one, um, I know that me and you had a, uh, a brief discussion, but, uh, a big pickup. I, I don't think Gil in the past has done much. At least I, I could be completely wrong. Maybe they sponsor an event or so, but, uh, I know this is a big step for them in terms of, sp- uh, on sponsoring on a bigger level, but that is something that, um, has recently happened is like is again they signed up as a sponsor for the Toyota series and the BFLs. Uh, another one, uh, another big announcement, especially for you kayak guys, if you're planning to fish the Bassmaster Kayak series, all their events uh, for this year, uh, at least the regular season events, have been expanded to two days. So uh, that's something that I will be updating our calendar up. But the, like I said, uh, all the BASS, their kayak uh, calendar, the, the, the whole entire calendar this year expands to two days of competition. And another big announcement that came out while we were gone was the, if you're a White River Marine boat owner within the last few years, so that's any person who owns a Ranger, a Nitro, or a Triton boat, you would be eligible for a bigger payout, I believe. I don't know if the, if they uh, go into all the details with all the different, um, all the different, uh, organizations but i believe you can get up to i believe it was eight thousand i'm sorry let's see let me see here yeah you can get up to an eight thousand dollar cash bonus on top of tournament earnings again uh uh what was it here they have a list of that too so but you can get up to uh eight thousand dollars again above that as well um and here it says, uh, let's see here, on top of tournament earnings for more than 250 approved tournaments. So again, if you are a White River Marine boat owner, again, that's anyone who owns a Ranger, Nitro, or Triton within the last couple of years, um, you will be eligible for that. Again, just double check their website there to see if you qualify and what events qualify as well. Let's see here. The Helen Severe Pioneer Scholarships the, uh, for female English, that scholarship is also up for uh, for submissions as well or for applications. They're going to be giving away two $2,500 scholarships to high school or college women who are committed to fishing for a collegiate program. So make sure you check that out if you are a female angler and are pursuing anything. Um, I don't think there's any other qualifications because they have another one, the Noreen Clow one. And I think that was with more something pursuing something in, in, in like the fishery side, but I could be wrong. And I think two more announcements here. Um, another big announcement, I guess, in some ways, depending how you look at it, which, um, and I don't think the, I think the last time they did this was probably about four or five years ago. Uh, I think it was four years ago, but Toyota adds Mark Dan, uh, MDJ or Mark Daniels Jr. to the Toyota to team Toyota fishing, um, which I was quite surprised. Not that whatever, just because like I said earlier, it's not very often that uh, you see people being added to the Toyota team, but, uh, but that is something that will be taking place with this year. I don't know if that was something that caught you by surprise, KG. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say it was a surprise. Uh, you know, like you said, Toyota is very, it's, it's, it's really kind of a small group. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you don't, 
it's a bit of a surprise when you see them expand. Um, yeah. So I guess maybe that's more of the surprise. It's not a surprise that it's MDJ. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's obviously it's news when Toyota does it. So. But yeah, like, like, look, just to reiterate what you said, like, like to me, it caught me more, more, more by surprise because it's for quite a while. I think the original team, I don't know if there was anyone else at the very, very beginning, but from what I can recall, uh, the, the main faces at the time were, I think those four guys. It was, you know, Terry Scroggins, KVD, Ike Anelli, and Gerald Swindle. I don't know if there's anyone else I may have missed. Um, and then, I think it was them for quite some time. And then um, once the split happened, uh, I don't think, yeah, at the, at the initial beginning, there was no one, all the, all the guys that were part of that team left uh, Bass for MLF. So there was no, no one, uh, no Toyota guys being represented on the Bass side. So I believe that's when they added uh, Matt Airy and, Brandon Lester, I don't think there was anyone else. And obviously then some of those, some of the guys like Gerald and uh, Ike and Nelly came back from the game back to Bass. But uh, I think that again, that was, I think at the split and they haven't had it added anyone since then. So again, for them, even though it's just one angle, but for, for that, for uh, such a selective group to add MDJ, uh, I think that was an awesome opportunity and an awesome pickup for uh, Toyota. And the guys over at Dynamic Sponsorships for making that happen. Um, and another big announcement that kind of came in as uh, today, uh, the day that we record this. Um, um, and I guess I don't know if it's, uh, it's changing focus too for this, but Bass, uh, uh, they announced an extended multi-year sponsorship deal with Garmin. Uh, so, and I think with that, I didn't, I don't know if they actually discuss how long the extension is for, but awesome to see that Garmin is also going to be as willing to commit to the bass side. Um, let's see here. Yeah. And I guess, you know, I guess in the article, they talk about what was it, uh, both. Hank Cherry and Jason Christie with the last winners of the Bassmaster Classic being Garmin guys. So that is a big, a big announcement for them as well. I think it also said like 22 of their national pro staff fishes the Elite Series. If I remember right. Let me double check. I know that I saw it earlier and trying to digest all this. Stuff. Yep. Yep. So yeah, it's just here in the, in the press release. Uh, what was it? Yeah, with 22 members of the brand national team competing on the Bassmaster Elite Series. So, um, but yeah, so that's quite a, a decent amount. And if, we, if we're looking at that's almost a quarter of, you know, the, of the Elite Series field uh, being guys that use uh, forward facing, oh, I'm sorry, not forward facing, uh, Garmin, one of the, I guess, one of the uh, first to really um, push that forward facing sonar deal. But um, so, yeah, that's a good thing. Uh, I know that a lot of people for a while there's so, uh, guys that were, um, that weren't sponsored by Garmin were going Garmin for, because at that time, that was the only option with uh, four, four, four forward-facing sonar. So, but uh, definitely good to see that uh, they're stepping up and supporting Bass and um, continuing that sponsorship as well. And then I think the last thing that I saw that kind of came in it was another uh, Bass Fishing Hall of Fame Um is offering a fishing fishery management scholarship uh, program as well. And for that, just double check or uh, visit, uh, what was it? Bassfishinghof.com slash scholarship. They're giving up to $15,000 
and July 23rd, July 2023 for to select the applicants. So if you uh, if that fits you, uh, like I said, basswishinghof.com slash scholarship. Make sure you go there to sign up and get yourself in. Did I miss anything? I know that's a lot of stuff. I know because we were gone, but I was I didn't want to make sure that we missed anything there. But um anything else on uh, that I missed on my radar, KG? I don't think so. I think you you pretty much covered <laughs> it. I mean you, you did a good job with notes, so you had a cheat sheet there. So I, I, I had to. I, there was a lot, like so there's a lot that happened, which I like, say, which is a good thing because then uh the, a lot of that stuff is uh you know, it keeps me a bit busy. But again, anything that I may have missed on this show, or if you, know, if you uh, always want to make sure that you're up to date, check out EnglishChannel.com. I try my best to make sure that our press releases go on a very, very timely schedule. So EnglishChannel.com, go for, go there for all your news and updates throughout the bass fishing world here. Um, before we put her back on the trailer, KG, anything, anything else? coming up for you on this uh, this coming weekend i know that we're hopping into the second month of uh, of the year already i i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing uh, i i don't know i feel like as i get older i feel like time flies by quicker even though it doesn't but um because like i said yeah we're already i guess one twelfth of the way into the year already yeah well it's you know my schedule starts in you know really january we've already had one abt tournament uh yeah. fished a bfl so um and there'll be two ABTs in February, two in March, two in April, two in May, two in uh, three in June, <laughs> as well as the Toyota Series Central Division and some more BFL. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much my what? my schedule is uh, <laughs> it's packed. Now, when when do you fish that first? Uh, is, isn't it eight, uh, February? Like, is it? I want to say it was like towards the end of February, right? Your first uh, Toyota uh, Series. It's really more in the middle of February. Oh, so that's actually coming up pretty quick. For some reason, I was thinking yeah. like to the 21st uh, or something like that, but 20- 16th, 17th, and 18th. Ah, okay. So that's what the third third weekend? Yeah, third weekend of the month. So that's actually just two and a half weeks from as we record this. So yes. that's happening two, uh, two weeks and two days. Any, any preparations? I know that, you know, again, I know you've got a busy schedule, but how many, how, yeah, how many times are you hoping to get on Gunnersville before um, the event starts? Uh, I'll be there this weekend. Uh, okay. I might, I might actually fish the battle of the brands that's on oh, okay. Sunday. Okay. Um, and then, uh, I'll be there. Well, the next Saturday there's an ABT, so I won't be on the water that Saturday, but then I'll start real practice and I'll start that Sunday, the 12th. Okay. Cause that, that, that basically pretty much leads right up into the, the Toyota, the Toyota series event itself too. So yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, you're gonna, yeah, you're. And I know that for besides, I don't well, ABT already adds a lot to your plate, but uh, it doesn't help too, especially with, with your guys' division of the what was it of the Toyota series. A lot of that stuff is also crammed into the more or less the first quarter, maybe second quarter of the year. So it, it definitely compacts everything and, and 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 makes I know definitely you scramble over the place to make sure that you can you know whether it's ABT or, or or any other fishing you're doing that you can get all squeezed in and all your ducks aligned I guess you could say yeah it happens real quick it seems like I, it seems like it takes forever to get here and then it's <laughs> like, like in no time it's it you know it's over you wish because like I said I think it was I think I want to say it was April is your last event right because there's only three events in the Toyota series for yeah for you so do you wish that it was something that they would spread out like maybe have have the third event well, no like, I, yeah let's let's start the first one later in the year it's still too cold 
<laughs> so it's the weather. It's not. It's not spreading it out evenly, but it's just yeah, like like <laughs> April, April, May, and June would be good for me. Okay. So still a bit tightened together, but just later in the year, because yes. especially yes. I guess w- with the ABT schedule, then at least you're you're not you're not having to divide any practice or any tournament time uh, with ABT. You can be well, more focused a- on that. A- ABT. There are a couple that ABT. Um, that- it takes a practice day out of my schedule. Okay. So I'll I'll be somewhere on a Saturday and have to scramble to get somewhere Sunday to start practice. So Gunners was not bad because Gunners was actually a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I get to um, Smith Lake, Smith Lake is actually a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday tournament. Okay. So I'm breaking up that practice that Saturday before I'll be um, – I'll be on Gunnersville for an ABT. Okay. I'm, I'm really not, I'm not looking forward to that because I don't, I don't like splitting up my practice like that, but it is, is it what a, it is. Is it a mentality thing? Like, you know, like just because, or like, you know, because I look for some people, it's like you're trying to get in the groove type of thing, or is it because you're losing just one day of practice or, oh, yeah, what's, that, what's your that, logic around that? That's a lot of it. But, you know, the, the ABT stuff that we do, the live coverage and the, and the TV show, it's, it's a lot of work and it's a very long day. Yeah, we, we pretty much start. They do they do boat check in the morning, and it's usually at least two and a half hours before blast off is when they start. So mm-hmm. we put GoPro cameras on some of the boats. We pretty much have to be there when they open up boat check to make sure that the boats we need to put cameras on are actually coming through. We we can't miss them. We miss yeah. them, we lose the opportunity. Yeah. So we start real early, and it's it's usually pretty late before I get out of there. The last thing I do is the um. Um, winner's tackle box yeah. interview. It's the very last thing. And it's Yeah, that's after weigh in. Yeah. That's after they've been interviewed by Oh yeah. Jason. Yeah. So you're yeah, you're yeah. you're I mean, you're it's, like it's like pushing what six, maybe yeah, six six o'clock or something like that by the time. Yeah, six or after in some cases. So yeah. it, it just it makes it a long day and then yeah. that's kind of stuck in between. So pr- that Friday I'll be practicing and then I'll go to Gunnersville to do ABT and then I'll go back Sunday to practice. And then the tournament starts Tuesday. So it's it's a really short it's a short turnaround. Yeah. Um but what, what's the what, it, where you I'll at, make it work. Where are you at uh for ABT? And uh like where what lake is that one on? That just trying to figure out your logistics, how far you gotta go from one to the other. Oh, it's not, it's not far, it's Gunnersville. Oh, okay. So it's not too horrible. It's so the, like the, the, yeah. Yeah, the Toyota Smith and the and the and the ABT is Gunnersville. Okay. So it's not too hard. Both in North Alabama. <laughs> I'm, I'm not like not having to go to like Eufaula and have yeah. to get back. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I don't know. Like, like I, I know that this time of year, for especially for you guys, uh, uh, what was it? Especially for you, especially because uh, besides ABT, it's pretty chaotic with all the fishing that you got to squeeze in. So, but definitely uh, looking forward. I know, like, uh, what was it? This past weekend was a was just a you know like you said, knocking rust off and just making sure everything was working. But uh, I know that for you, that your goal this year is to hopefully, uh, was it Ray Ray Scott Championship, right? Or what am I thinking of? That's not a Ray Scott Championship. No. What is it? Why do I have Ray Scott Championship? I mean, that's me looking at calendars. Ah, it's, it's to- Toyota, Toyota Championship. Cha- yeah, Toyota Championship. So, yeah, because with that, if you win that, then you go on to... Is there an invitation for that? If I forget, if you, you win, you can okay, please you can qualify for the invitationals through the Toyota series. Okay, 
if that does work out in a perfect uh, there may actually be a red crest uh, I can't. Yeah, the I Toyota that, Series, the Toyota Championship winner may actually go to the Red Crest. Yeah, that's all I was thinking. I thought there was some type of a bigger championship, but then again, I don't know. Maybe because I don't know. As I get older, sometimes some things just go from one into the other. And no, I, so look, I, I can't look that far ahead. I I got to be competitive <laughs> at Gunners. No, no, I hear you. If I'm and not then, competitive at Gunners, well, none of that matters anyway. So, <laughs> baby steps here. <laughs> well, I know. I'm just thinking out loud because, like I said, because I don't get a fist, so I, I don't. I get a focus, and my train of thought goes a different path versus yours. <laughs> well, let's just say there's opportunities. I just have to to try to capitalize on and take advantage of it. Well, like this past weekend, I'm always a a, a, a cheerleader for KG, so I'm definitely rooting and hoping that that all the stars align for you this coming year, and and that you're able to make all that all those sacrifices, all the driving, all the fishing. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that the, the wife would be like, I, I, KG, I, I need you to all that time spent away from me. Unless she likes it, unless she likes the silence uh, of not having KG around. But I'm pretty sure she she would like to to see you uh, pull out, uh, you know, a win or a, a good finish and a, and a good result this year. <laughs> it, it, it would it would help in a lot of ways. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Uh, other than that, for me, I've got nothing. I got no. I've got nothing exciting because I'm still trying to thaw out this weekend. This week we've gotten uh, what was it? Uh, cold weather, you know, negative degree with the wind. You know, well, single digits with like negative wind chills. So, uh, but we've got a warming trend supposed to coming up. So I'm just ready for what was it? Uh, hopefully, you know, that, that that's the trend, and uh, maybe eventually I'll I'll catch up with you and 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 get some fishing in or open water fishing in but <clears throat> other than that i think it's time for me and kg to put her back on the trailer and call it a day uh make sure that you support uh the sponsors that help make our show happen and those sponsors are ranger mercury hummingbird mincota striking lose trickstep reliant vicious fishing under armor and sportsman's warehouse so until our next cast again kg don't take it personal. Thanks for listening to this week's Anglers Channel Insider Podcast. Brought to you by Under Armour Fish, Costa Sunglasses, Pro Charging Systems, X-Zone Lures, and Trickstep. Visit anglerschannel.com, your number one bass fishing tournament resource.